Aguini Kor to Firkin of Sarum Felevis got a Milamagas after Firkin Forge Darish, Rome Hain, see at the toy test love. I'm going to continue in that other language. <laughs> and don't forget Malta, I think, as well, speaks uh, uh, English, but in fact, we in fact are very, 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 very active in how we use it. After all, you know, having taken the English language involuntarily. Irish Nobel Prize winners went on to win four Nobel Prizes in the language. I think making the case, if you like, for innovation and creativity, very, 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 It's such a very great pleasure to be in Australia uh, for this state visit, and very particularly this morning here in, in Melbourne, in this beautiful city, and as somebody who enjoys sport, in the atmosphere of this marvellous, iconic stadium. I do want to uh, thank the Chief Executive for making it possible, and also I want to convey the news that many of us who support sport in Ireland uh, were very pleased when Cricket Ireland qualified and were informed last June that it will be welcome to compete at the international level. And I look forward to Irish people coming back and supporting and witnessing uh, cricket uh, in Australia. Coming here as well, it was very moving to walk past the statue to Jim Steins, whom I had the great privilege of presenting a posthumous award to, to and to, be, to hear you speak so warmly, Chief Executive, of his contribution uh, uh, to sport in so many different ways. And then again, uh, to see how you have recorded a very important moment in, in Irish track uh, when Ronnie Delaney uh, won his Olympic medal. I was delighted to have been <coughs> welcomed here too by one of our most distinguished sports people of the contemporary period, Sonia Sullivan. Got a minute, Sonia. Well, when presidents are asked to uh, appear at events like this, and I'm very honoured to have been asked by Enterprise Ireland uh, to be their special guest today. It gives me an opportunity of saying a few words about the Irish economy. One of the great advantages in Ireland of having a directly elected president is that the president can stand back and have a good dispassionate view uh, about the Irish economy and how it is performing and also how important to an economy like Ireland is its international trade. First of all, I can tell you, as they would say, if those who comment on economics often in the media have a few stock introductions. They say things like, for example, the fundamentals are sound. Uh, elderly doctors in Ireland, you say that to their patients. Uh, but uh, you can actually bring it a, a, a bit farther. I think that it, what I think is real is that our gross domestic product uh, increased by 5% in 2016. The debt to GDP gross national income at the moment is about 106%, and, pr and growth is projected for 2017 at 4.3%, and for 2018 at 3.7%. I think what is very, very important in the last full year employment increased by 3.5%, which gave us 68,000 jobs, 
And that brings me to why I'm here. The unemployment figure on the other side is now at 6.4%, uh, down from 8.1%. Not only are the fundamentals sound, but that the patient is, in fact, doing well at the moment and, <laughs> and is moving. I think that one of the reasons I'm very pleased to be here is to have opportunities, and I've had them over the last year or two, of speaking to the business sector, and very particularly speaking uh, to those who are being encouraged by Enterprise Ireland. I am their guest today, and also the Industrial Development Authority and Tourism Ireland, with which I have interactions from, from time to time. The first thing I want to say, having given those good figures, as it were, is to say that those good figures owe nearly everything to the Irish export performance. During the uh, contraction, as I like to call it, between 2007 and 8, when you had a, what was really a, 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 a banking sector problem, it is now what would be described in the language as it has been financially restructured. But it is effectively a banking sector problem because right through that period from 2007 through 12-13, that five or six year period, Irish exports increased by 40%. In fact, what you see consistently in the economy is that the real economy continues to f source its economic growth. And particularly when you take figures like I mentioned, sustained growth across periods of years, it is to the export sector that we owe this. This has, I think, roughly speaking at the moment, about 45% of our exports go to uh, with the European Union, 15% to the United States, about 15% to our large neighbour, Brexit, uh, uh, the United Kingdom, that has, taken <laughs> <laughs> that has taken a decision to which I might say a word in a moment. But I think one of the points about it is, of the people that Enterprise Ireland deal with in the Irish economy, Put simply, 52% of them, of their 52% of their sales are exports. So export is important, and this is, in a way, is not anything startling in relation to international economics. When one is in Australia, because I've been looking at some of the Australian figures and where they are as well. I want to tell you also as well that when I, those figures I quoted. Looking through them, you can see that the growth that I've been speaking about can be reported in 11 of the 14 sectors of the economy. So there's a good sectoral spread in that solid economic performance. Now, why all of this is important today is that may I say that I want to join with the Chief Executive of Enterprise Ireland in wishing success uh, to the 55, 56 companies that are represented, that are represented here. I want to say a special word as well to the 21 who are coming here for the first time. I want to thank those in Australia who have facilitated the, the existing more than 30 companies that are in fact actually uh, uh, located here. The 130 have a, we have, there are 300 companies altogether, Irish companies in Australia, 130 of them with a presence in Australia. So I want to say thank you to those who made that possible and to assist them. And I do want to say very, very much to those new companies who are starting out, is that I wish them every success. And something very important is happening. You know, I have been speaking in Perth, and I will go on to speak, and very honoured to be receiving an honorary doctorate at Melbourne University later on today, 
and I'll be speaking about something about the early Irish connection between the Economics Department of Melbourne University and the lessons for today. But the most important thing are those generous people who have an Irish connection and who feel that the best contribution they can make to Ireland is to help companies like these 21 get established. I say thank you for that. I think it's uh, very, very important. The other thing I want to say as well, of course, is that those companies from Australia that are already active in the Irish economy are very, very, very welcome. I see all of this becoming more and more important because we are in times of great change and great flux in internationally. There are opportunities I'm discussing this morning uh, with the Premier. There are things that we can do together, Ireland and Australia, into the Asian market. There are things in relation to the European market that we can do together that would be of advantage, that would be of advantage to Australia. Maybe now I think something that is very important. How is all this happening? Well, sometimes when people say, you know, by the way, there is a, a, a book, of course, called the, about Australia called The Lucky Country. I ran through that quite a while ago. Uh, and it isn't indeed, as the video make, makes the point, it is not about look at all. It's about very definite characteristics. The Irish economy uh, is served principally by an enormously talented young population. Doing the figure another way, 40% of the population are under the age of 29 highest qualified sector between 18 and 25 in the European Union and the largest proportion that move from graduation on to postgraduate study. But most interesting when you look as well at the nine of the ten major global companies that have created more than 25,000 jobs between them in, in one small sector of the, the Irish economy, they stress uh, the talent and adaptability uh, of Irish workers and their high qualification. Uh, I think that it's what is very, very important for us all to realise that in the new circumstances we're in, in terms of international economics, there will be many new opportunities, but also there will be many pathways to securing the income I have described, but also to securing economic growth. We're very happy uh, that, in fact, that is this cooperation between that young population uh, uh, in Ireland and the young Australians who come to see us too. I think roughly if you put Australia, New Zealand and the whole region together, about 230,000 people visit Ireland. When Australians visit Ireland, they're very interesting for this reason. Yes, they have come a fairly long distance, but they know how to enjoy their holidays. <laughs> but I want to immediately say they have holidays. Because there are those who come to us from other parts of the world where people have had any free time at all and in fact are in stress for half of the time as to whether they will have a job to return to when they go back to what are regarded as high-flying economies. That tells its own story. In my previous life, I'd have said something very strong about that. <laughs> but I can still say this as to those figures I'm quoting and the reason why we're all here. It is because we have and this is where it's going in the future. We have an we have a state company that is an enterprising state institution. The fact that the 55 companies who are represented here, the 22 new ones, have a state agency to which they can turn for advice, 
that is able to offer them connections, that is able as well as that to look at the new requirements in the context and circumstances, let us say of regulation, of requirements and all of that, is of immense importance. The good figures in relation to the high end of the high-tech employment in Dublin and elsewhere is also due to the IDA. And you will notice in relation to the pattern of employment at that end that it is heavily clustered. And that is that when you succeed in one part, others join. This is through in the West of Ireland in relation to biopharmacy. It's in relation to biotechnology. But the most interesting and exciting thing for younger people in particular, and everyone is relatively younger, my particular perspective, I suppose, <laughs> now I'm going to read the papers. I'm regularly reminded of my age myself. <laughs> but one of the things about it is, is that you see these bright people, the days, if you like, of the money deciding an enormous, huge entity that can, in fact, grab the market and keep it forever is quite over. The changes in science and technology and the forms of interaction between two forms, one could look at it, for example, in relation uh, to communications technology that is being made mobile and so on. The forklift whole wonderful contract that will be signed while I am here. All of this means that you have a mix going on that is continually alive and that requires mobility in relation to thought and skill. And when you're doing that and doing business, what do people look for in business? Well, when, since I became president, I ran an initiative called the Ethics Initiative. People look for ethics in business. People like to be able to trust the person you're dealing with. You like to be able to know that the person is not just putting on a performance, that the person is for real, that there's authenticity to the relationship, that it can last and expand. And your Australian companies that have come to Ireland have been able to expand because, if you like, the atmosphere that they encounter. I met so many even in my times, and I came here just about a week ago, of young Irish people who speak in the same way. They speak, in fact, of the atmosphere that they encounter in which they, can, in which they can do business. In other places and in different circumstances, we can talk about all of the several waves of Irish who have come to Australia. My grandfather's brother came in 1862 with his sister, and five of that family, of a family of seven, uh, came uh, in, in, in Montmorency. They were assisted passages, and it was just after the 1862 Land Act and they went on to establish themselves, and also now there are very, very many families spread around, particularly around Queensland. Now, I want to just say that Irish people have come here in different waves and in different circumstances. The companies that are coming now, and particularly there was a wave in the 1980s, okay, into the construction industry from 2004 on, Somebody told me it was reflected you could have four or five All-Ireland medals playing on the train for the hurling. <laughs> and I do want to congratulate uh, this state on having uh, won the women's football last Sunday. But one of the things we have about it is that there are bright people. There are people as well as that who are moving into, if you like, a global partnership in relation to economy and society. I'm very, very pleased to, about to, to, to be here. And about this word Brexit, Really, let me make this point because it is a very important point for us. Yes, the Irish government has responded to Brexit. In fact, it was very well prepared for what would happen in relation to Brexit and also for changes in relation to the international trading environment that might come from the United States. 
but really all of us have been talking about what we would have been doing anyway. If you have a great resource of the population that we have, if you have your companies, and if you have state agencies that have experience and that are accepted as being people with both experience and integrity around the world, we would be doing this anyway. But obviously now it takes on an added importance because as I have said, all of the international trading environment is entirely changed. There will be many new pathways, but I am convinced, in fact, that I say as President of Ireland, I do want to say thank you to those people who work in what I call the enterprising state agencies that have been able to group the skills of our Irish people, seize opportunities, and be able to deal with others who are following maybe different paths towards economic security and advantage, and to do so and garner trust and garner credibility. It's a very, very great pleasure uh, to, to, be, to be here in Australia. It's always been a great pleasure as well to look at the particular value that Australian people have placed on what I call the balance of life issues. In the end of the day, uh, people live to do that, just live in all its fullness. And in that sense, I want to wish the Australian economy well. And to say as President of Ireland, I very, very much look forward to the, our cooperation, built as it is in such a very, very fine relationship between peoples who understand each other very well. But as I see it, as I would say in our own ancient language, long the fader of thee. It is simply full of possibilities into the future. Thank you very much for listening to me. It's going to be a and every blessing and every success to all of you.